Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinn. I'm joined this week by Jake McGee. How are you doing today, Jake? Not too bad at all. Been a, a busy old few days, so try and keep up with everything. Uh, yeah, it has been a busy few days. Uh, there's been a few uh, little bits of news kicking around. There's been some uh, contracts, obviously, and there's been, I, I think I saw something about some retirements as well and signings. Of course, you know, last week uh, we had our, we were talking about the NFC South, and one of the things that was brought up, of course, was the tight ends for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, then after we came off here, something happened, Jake, didn't it? Yeah, Dave suggested that the. Uh Bucks could pick up someone like Hal Rudolph and apparently they were listening because it, it can't have been more than about an hour after the Bucks picked up Carl Rudolph so <laughs> when we joke that people listen to the show people clearly listen to the show I th- they've got to be I mean there's, there's no way that's coincidence uh, we're literally saying we we even went when he was saying oh is he still a, is he still a free agent and I was looking it up because I know that we'd mentioned Kyle Rudolph back I think in March or April, when the free agency was pre-draft, was at its peak and I was talking about all the free agents and I said, oh, you know, Kyle Rudolph, he's there with the Giants, he's a good pickup for them, but they let him go. Dave is then talking about how he would be a great fit for the Buccaneers because they're so heavy in the tight end passing game and uh, they lost O.J. Howard and Gronk's retired, obviously, and Dave's saying, oh, you know, Kyle Rudolph would be a great pickup for them, they should look at Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> And then there we are. Uh, I woke up the next morning and checked the Twitter feed, uh, as I always do. And sure enough, the box had signed Kyle Rudolph. And I, I think you're right. It was an hour, a maximum of two hours after we came off the air. They'd, they'd signed Kyle Rudolph. So that was uh, that was pretty impressive, I thought. But uh, we, we should delve into the news. There has been obviously other things happening around the league. So Jake, tell us what's been going on around the NFL this week. Yeah, there's been, like you say, a couple of retirements, a couple of signings. Um, I've got two other pieces of news, and then we'll finish on, obviously, the big news and, and the, the contract. So keep tuned for that. But they, the signings, there's obviously Carl Rudolph to the books. Um, the Dolphins just announced that they've picked up Mohamed Sanu. Um, so getting a veteran wide receiver in there as well. Obviously, did amazing with the Falcons. Got traded to the Patriots, I think, for a second-round pick. It was a lot more than people thought. Kind of washed out there. I don't know where he's been recently. Like I say, after the Falcons, it's been a bit downhill. But might be able to, to rejuvenate it with the, the Dolphins. Um, the Browns picked up another quarterback, Josh Rosen. I mean, that's his third, maybe fourth team. And I, I'm not sure if he's even turned 25 yet. So he's uh, they've replaced... The first round from the 2018 draft with another quarterback from the same draft. So, Browns are going to Brown. And then, talking of rejuvenation, the 49ers have picked up a 2016 first round pick, Robert Enkin. How do you say it? Kemdichi? Uh, who I'm pretty sure we mentioned. Kemdichi, yes. Yeah, we mentioned previously that he, obviously, I think when we were talking um, a couple of weeks ago, we brought him up and I was a a bit of a bust and off, off the field issues. Well, the 49ers are picking him up and they have a pretty good record with D linemen. So you never know. What do you make of this Josh Rosen signing? I, I, I'll be honest. I was looking at it and I'm thinking, why? I, I, I couldn't, I was trying to figure out a reason why they would take on Josh Rosen because he, I mean, let's 
you know, he went to the Cardinals. He looked awful. I just He just looked absolutely awful. Looked like he didn't have a clue what he was doing. He then went to the Dolphins and he looked awful. <laughs> Again, it's like, this guy is terrible. Now, how much of that was the uh, um, Adam Gase effect, shall we say? Again, in full effect there. I don't know. Because he just looked like a, you know, forgive the pun, a fish out of water there with the Dolphins. He really did. He, he looked terrible. And um, then where did he go after? after well, after, I, I was being generous when I said it was his third or fourth. This is his sixth team. He was on the Tampa Bay Books um, on their off-season and all practice squad. Right. Then he was on the 49ers. And then last year he was on the Atlanta Falcons. So this will be his sixth team in, what, his fifth year? That tells you a lot. Uh, yeah. I I don't I don't know why the Browns would even consider signing Josh Rosen. That, that makes no sense to me. As you said, Browns are going to Brown. The entire thing makes no sense. Now I was uh, looking previously at um, available. You know, it's been talk about quarterbacks going around. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded. We, we, or we, cut. You know, or, or cut. We know he's not going to be playing for the 49ers this year. That, that's just a given. Um, I don't think anybody would take a punt on Josh Rosen over a punt on Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I mean, it's obviously I'm, a depth thing. I mean, we're expecting Jacoby Brissett to, to obviously take the snaps in, in Deshaun Watson's absence, and then they only had Joshua Dobbs behind him, who is a bit of an unknown quantity himself. So... I mean, if Jacoby Brissett goes down, I think I, I won't feel any better with, with Josh Rosen over Joshua Dobbs, but I think it was just to fill out the room. Uh, he's just, he also has that, he's still got that attitude. Josh Rosen has still got that same attitude that he had in his rookie season and saying that uh, everyone taken ahead of him was a mistake. Yeah, that didn't really bear out. It's not often, I, I don't remember... Um, where he wasn't even the first overall pick, was he? Rosen. He was a first rounder, I think. He, he, was, he was a first rounder. Ten, yeah. hope to say. And then he was replaced immediately the following year with Kyler Murray. Yes. So, uh, somehow the general manager managed. Yeah, he was number ten pick. Um, the general manager absolutely missed on that, but got another chance and obviously hit with with Kyler Murray, which we'll get to later on. But yeah, not many general managers get to. The, yeah, to well, pick a quarterback in the first round, then you have the number one pick the next year and live to tell the tale. That's very true. And I suppose on one hand, you say, well, that just shows you how bad the team is. But on the other hand, you could argue, well, that, you know, that could happen to any team. And at least he was man enough to admit his mistake because we've seen coaches and general managers stick by players that they drafted high for no apparent reason, reason other than they were drafted high. We've seen it time and time again, and you're thinking, what is going on here? When, you know, I hate to to bring it back to the Denver Broncos, but when we re-signed Brock Osweiler back from, I want to say it was Miami, I think every single Broncos fan was just shaking their head, thinking, what are you doing? First of all, he walked out on the team when he'd been handed the reins after Peyton Manning retired. He was the de facto starter, but he decided he wanted more money and went to Houston. He was awful in Houston. 
He got traded to the Dolphins, I believe. He was awful at the Dolphins. And then the Broncos like, oh, you know, we need, you know, we need a quarterback. Oh, there's Brock Osweiler. Let's sign him back. Why? First of all, he walked out. And secondly, he's rubbish. So why would you take him back? That made no sense to me. But I think the only reason is because whether it was Elway as the general manager, I think he was at the time, or what is his title? Vice President of Football Operations. <laughs> Just former quarterback legend who we keep around. Yeah, yeah. And I've got no issues with that. I've no issues with John Elway being in the building. Absolutely not. But I think because he drafted Brock Osweiler, you know, fairly high, I think it was a top of the second round or something like that, pick Brock Osweiler. You know, he took him and then... Osweiler's out after a year. You know, he, he bounces around a couple of teams and then he's got a chance to take it back. And I think he, he's just like, I, I want I want, to sh- I want to show people I didn't make a mistake. Uh, you know, I think he can make and you bring him back and he's rubbish. He's like, you know, just admit that you made a mistake, a terrible mistake, and he's a terrible player. Why, why um, wouldn't he do to that? draft a quarterback again next year and, and the year after. One day... John Elway will get it right. Well, one, one not with quarterbacks, so he can't evaluate quarterbacks. No. Because he's like, it's, you know, this position's easy. <laughs> it's, this should be easy. And it's not, it was easy for you. It's not easy for everybody. But when, when like Patrick when Mahomes... Used to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that? So it's, it's like when you used to play like video games with your brother, you know, you know your older siblings, like, oh, it's easy. You just press this button. And you're like, yeah, but... You know how to play the game, so it is easy. But to me, uh, yeah, I remember. The I have fir- no idea what I'm doing. I remember the first time I played Mario Kart, and I was like well, r- hopeless, utterly hopeless. I'm being trounced by an eight-year-old. <laughs> I'm sitting there with this controller, just constantly falling off the track, and and for some reason, if you fell off the track, you you fell for miles by by the look of it and and he's whizzing around and, and all this and he's, he knows all the shortcuts and i'm sitting there with this controller going i have no idea what i'm doing and he's going come on it's really easy it's not easy this is hard because i don't know what i'm doing i have no idea um when patrick mahomes retires he will be the worst quarterback evaluator since john elway He'd be the worst. I've not got a clue. There's a reason. I mentioned this way. Right, Dan Marino goes to all the all the Dolphins games. He's always there. He's involved in the team. But I'll bet you they keep him the hell away from the quarterback room. <laughs> I just don't don't even come, don't come in here. You're barred. You're not allowed in here, Dan. I bet you he tries to like wear a, like a false mustache or pretend to dress up like a janitor to try and sneak in. And they're like, no, Dan. You're not allowed in here. Stay out. He like pretends he's Mexican or something like that. I'll bet you. I can see it. I can see Dan Marino doing that. Just trying to get a sneak into the quarterback room. They're like, stay away. Right? It's none of your business. Because he'd be rubbish. You, you, you can't, you can't ev- evaluate someone at a position that you were otherworldly at. <laughs> because you'd compare, it's like you're comparing mere mortals. And I know. Behave. So John Elway needs to stop evaluating quarterbacks. Just you just shouldn't do it. Continue evaluating safeties. You're really good at that, right? The Broncos have had great safeties for I don't know how long. Um, so maybe he should just stick at doing that. Uh, so I yeah, anyway, anyway, stop, I, stop giving Josh Rosen a job as well. Stop, no, uh, whoever, Josh. everyone in the league, stop giving Josh Rosen. You're you're right. You're right. He's he's awful. Why would anyone? Do you know what? They would be better off 
getting some random quarterback of another team's practice squad than Josh. You would. Because at least then, you don't know what you're getting. You know what you're getting with Josh Rosen. And it's hot garbage. That's what you're getting. You're getting someone with a stinking attitude who thinks he's amazing and is actually crap. Poop. I don't know. I'm allowed to say crap? I can say crap. It's fine. Well, we, well, yeah, I mean, you said it now. But the, the Falcons yeah. obviously traded their you know, franchise quarterback. And rather than have Josh Rosen, who was already on the team, they went out and obviously got Marcus Mario. That to me, that that says you know more than words I'll ever say. They had Rosen in the building. Mm-hmm. They traded away Matt Ryan, and they went. Josh Rosen's in the building. So who else can we go? Anyone? Let's go get yeah. anyone else. <laughs> but we'll get the backup from Las Vegas. We'll get the backup. Not only that, we won't even keep Josh Rosen to be our backup. We'll send him. Yeah. To the I, Browns. To I, be I don't their even. I don't even. Quarterback. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know who the Falcons' backup QB is. Hang on, two seconds. Um, I'm, I'm going to Google like that. Mike Clennon or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's, if he's still it's in always, the league. It's always Mike yeah, Clennon. Yeah, it's a safe it's bet, a, isn't it? Uh, let's see. It's Marcus Mariota. It's Desmond Ridder and oh, Philippe. Oh, drafted. Yeah, for, yeah Desmond Ridder uh, and Fi- Philippe, Fel- Philippe Franks. No offense, Mr. Franks. Who on earth are you? Um, I will tell you who he is. Um, he uh, it was born on the December 22nd, 1997, and he's an American football quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons of the National Football League. Wow, that is informative. But uh, that that's very telling that they'd rather have Felipe Franks Felipe as their third string quarterback than keep Josh Rosen in the building. Because of exactly what I was saying. Because he's an unknown quantity. They don't know what Felipe Franks can be. <laughs> he's going to light up training camp. Yeah, he might. He might. You know, listen, we can all laugh and joke about it, but no one knew what Kurt Warner was going to be. No one A knew. A great grocery salesman. Yeah. Exactly. I literally picked up. He was great uh, at those checkouts. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know I if saw you... his, he was swiping that. I saw his arm. And I thought, oh, that's a good shoulder movement. He was, he was yeah, he was either stocking the shelves or he was bagging the grocery. He was doing what? Because that's a thing, and we don't have that here. We don't have grocery bagging in the UK unless it's for a charity, and you'll see someone with a, a wee bucket at the end of the checkout, and they'll they'll say, "Would you like a hand with your bags?" And of course, you have to say yes because well, no, you don't have to say yes. Because, you know, some people say, no, no, but you'll you're get fine. some dirty looks. Uh, yeah, you don't have to say yes. But, but some people, if, if you've just got two items, you're like, no, it's okay. I, you know, I can manage the two items. But you're still going to put some money in the bucket because they've offered. And it's for charity. Usually something along the lines of, you know, cancer research or save the children. Some worthwhile charity or some, some local, a lot of local charities as well. Uh, at the, but what we don't have is this standard um, people who bag groceries for you. It's, it's not a job in the UK. Um, if you've ever shopped at Aldi... <laughs> I was going to say Aldi or Lidl, it's just good luck. <laughs> Go on, Jake, tell us your experiences of shopping at either Aldi or Lidl. What's, oh, Aldi uh, explain, or Lidl. To, uh, explain to our American listeners um, so, w- what they can with, expect. Yeah, someone with social anxiety and, and awkwardness. The the fear and the sweat that amasses when I go to a place like Aldi or Lidl where the person scanning gets paid by the... P- Paid by the item, apparently, because oh, they to be. they throw it through. Uh, they put through, you know, you say you've got 20 items, they put that through in, in 25 seconds. 
they ask you to pay immediately and then they're like next and then they start throwing next person's items through and you're there trying to fumble your items yeah. and not get mixed up and oh it's it's like a, if you <laughs> honestly like supermarket sweep on steroids it is if if you're slow if you, if you're slow with, with you know separating your items maybe you, you've got your toiletries and you want to keep them separate from your tin foods i don't know whatever the way however you pack your groceries right you're shopping however you do it if you're trying to do it methodically at aldi just prepare to get hit in the hand with a can of beans <laughs> or something as you're reaching because you're right that that woman or oh man We'll throw it at you. They'll just keep <laughs> flinging it. Beep, 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 beep. And they'll just keep throwing things at you. You're like, all right, come on. And then whatever. The, she was like, oh, it's uh, 54 And you're like, oh, okay. And then she'll take the money off you. Fire it in and go, next. And you're still sitting there, still trying to bag it. And then she's like, beep, 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 beep. And you're getting someone else's um, uh, budget cornflakes on the head. I, I, I don't know <laughs> if Aldi have their own brand of cornflakes. They probably do. Probably. They've got their own brand of everything else, don't they? Um, and they're just, it's relentless. It's a horrible place to shop. Horrible. It's stress. It, it, you save, what, what you save in money, you take with stress. You, you pay in years of your life. Yeah. <laughs> the blood pressure. <laughs> that's, oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's an equivalent in the States. To Aldi. There will be. I just don't know what it is. So, for example, uh, in in the states, they've got Home Depot, which is basically our B and Q, or or Wix. Um, so that that's that's Home Depot. It's all your all your building materials and everything that you would want. You get in Home Depot. They've got they've got Target. Now, I think Target, Target Best Buy. It, yeah, I think I was going to say it's like kind of like B and M. They they sell everything, and it's all quite cheap. I think that's Target. But do you know what they do? Have you ever been to the States, Jake? No, I have not. Oh, you need to go. Do you know what they do better than anyone? Calories. <laughs> yes, that's mm-hmm. what they do better than... I was going to say pub food, but okay. it's, it's all I mean, food, right? Because now, now I'm not saying, you know, if you... Go to Italy or Germany. For me, the food in Germany, the actual meals that you get, that's the best food I've ever eaten. It's it's ridiculous how tasty it is and just how incredible it is. Everything's a taste sensation. But in the States, you go to a Wendy's. Oh, oh my word. There's something about that burger in Wendy's that just, I think they, they must like sprinkle crack or something on it. Because it's too good. It's it's too good. And you just eat it and you're like, I want another one immediately. And they've got this cheese. Right, you know how we get we get the, the craft cheese slices? Yes. Right, so they've got, it's similar, but it's like, you know how our craft cheese slices are kind of orange? Theirs are bright yellow. And I'm talking like, the, it's, it's practically luminescent, how yellow the cheese is. It's just... It's 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 fantastic. But the best burger I have ever had in my entire life was in a bar in New York City. And I forget the name of the bar. That's going to annoy me now. The burger was so good that it overwrites the memory. It it, it was a sirloin burger. Now I'd ordered um the Buffalo Buffalo uh, boneless wings, of which by the way is just 
oh, to die for. And they come with this this dip, and I have no idea what it is. It's like a blue cheese dip, and you get like a stick of celery with it, and your your buff your boneless buffalo wings, and then it it's just it's incredible. And then I had the sirloin burger, and it's the it's legitimately the best burger I've ever had, and I got it in a pub in New York City. It was just, I was thinking, going, this is amazing. Oh, word of warning, though. If I've not already mentioned this, if you ever find yourself in Chicago, don't order a Chicago pizza. I don't know what that is, but it's not pizza. It's, you might also it, die. It's, it's quiche. That's what it is. It's a quiche with tomato and mozzarella. See, I, I thought, like, you know when they talk about deep dish pizza? I thought it meant yes. like, you know, thick, you know how we have thick crust or stuffed crust? I thought that's what that was. It's not. It's like pastry. Like, like a quiche. That's what it is. I was shocked. I, I'd never, I had no idea. I went to, um, I think it was P- Pizzeria Uno. I think that's what it was called in Chicago. It was like the, the original deep dish pizza place. And I thought, oh yeah, I can't wait to try this. And then I got it and I was like, that's a quiche. <laughs> I don't know what I expected. Well, I know what I expected. I expected a thick crust pizza, but I did not expect a quiche. What I got was a quiche. I was. Oh, I know you didn't say it to them because you you've lived. To oh no, no, I wasn't going to say that to them. Absolutely not. Are you joking me? I value my life far too much. Yeah, um, you Chica- would be a brave man. For if anyone from Chicago is listening, um, I love your city. Love it. Chicago's wonderful. I walked along the the uh, Lake Michigan. I think it is Lake Michigan. Walked along the back of Lake yeah. Michigan. I saw the, the planetarium and Soldier Field and the museum. Uh, although I didn't go into the museum. I was going to go into the museum until I found out that they charge you like $20 to go in. And and I was like just taken aback at the thought of paying to go into a museum. I thought, what? That's That's weird. Uh, but you, you do, you have to pay to get into museums. I don't know if you have to pay to get into all museums, but this one you had to pay, and I was like, I'm, I'm not paying to go into a museum. Um, but I saw Soldier Field and, and the, the skyline of Chicago with uh, Sears Tower. No, it's not called Sears Towers anymore. I think it's called the Willis Tower. Uh, it's just this incredible skyscraper. And the bean, I saw the bean, which is, un, it's really weird when you walk underneath it and you're looking up walking under the bean it's uh it's a great place great city if you ever get the chance to go to chicago jake go just don't order a deep dish pizza <laughs> so my only piece of advice i don't know how we got onto this yeah we we're talking about josh rosen, we're josh rosen weren't we and all of a sudden somehow i went somehow we've, deep dish we've, we've tangented to to deep dish quiche uh, we, we did hmm right anyway so yeah that's josh rosen uh brown's signed him that idiots for doing that uh any other news anything else happening around the league yeah so there's a few retirements there was buster screen um danny amandola and then just announced was chris carson who only aged 27 um but had a really serious neck injury um and basically doesn't seem likely that he's going to play anytime soon it he's come out or, or more so uh rap sheet and another source have come out and said that He's not really officially retiring, but the the Seahawks are putting that designation on him so that he gets paid. Basically, um, they're looking out for. Him. I think they did the same with uh, Cam Chancellor, um, so he might be back in in you know a couple of years, depending on how how the neck goes. But 
you know, it's not surprising. Uh, it's not surprising for the Seahawks either. They've um, got a few running backs in, and then even their second round pick, Kenneth Walker. Um, so they've got Rashad Penny going forward, and then the, the second round pick, Kenneth Walker. So it's not surprising, but it's still a shame when he's only 27 years old and, and when he was on the field was was a force to be reckoned with. He certainly was. Uh, Carson was a good player. That is, that is a shame, especially, as you say, given his age. Oh, okay. Well, some notable holdouts of training camp, because I think everyone is now at training camp. Um, Roquan Smith from the Bears is holding out, and Jesse Bates from the Bengals are holding out. They'll obviously be money-related. Roquan Smith, um, a great linebacker, mm. will be wanting to get paid to stick around in Chicago. And the same for Jesse Bates, obviously the franchise tag that he's, I believe he didn't sign. Um, so I don't think they can even find him. So I can't see Jesse Bates for, uh, turning up anytime soon um, because they can't really find him or, or do anything with him because he's not signed the, the, the franchise tag. So yeah, I'm sure there's, a, there's a few ones that have turned up that people didn't expect, uh, like Robert Quinn for the Bears. He's turned up. Um, one person is probably likely to be traded, but Roquan Smith is saying... If you want me to lead the defence, you better pay me. And quite rightly so. He's, he's been a great player for the for the Bears. He really has. Um, and he'll, he'll miss Khalil Mack. Well, the, the Bears yeah. will miss Khalil Mack, obviously, uh, being gone there. But uh, Roquan Smith's a, a, an excellent player, and, you know, they should just stump up and pay him. Yeah, well, another linebacker who has been fantastic since joining the league, Darius Leonard who turns 27 tomorrow. So happy birthday, Mr. Leonard, tomorrow. Um, going forward, would like to be known by his middle name, which is Shaquille. Um, saying growing up, that's what his family called him. That's basically what he's always been called, other than when he was in school or when he was in trouble. Um, he basically <laughs> just didn't correct people when he got to the NFL. He's just like, I'm just going to keep my head down. Um, obviously, a lot more confident now with some of the outstanding play that has been done to come out and say, hold on. You know, I'm a pretty good player. I'd appreciate it if you called me my preferred name. So going forward, Shaquille Leonard, um, who turns 27 tomorrow. And you just know I'm never going to remember that. If yeah, it's going it to be one of those. It's going to be one of those. It'll take a little bit getting used to. But, but yeah, uh, happy happy birthday uh, t- for tomorrow for um, Shaquille Leonard. I'll, I'll do my best yes. to remember that. I mean, I, I should remember the name Shaquille. I, I just yes, it's pretty, pretty yeah. easy. I just won't remember it when I'm talking about Leonard. <laughs> and I'll, I will probably continue to call him Darius, unfortunately, for at least another uh, couple of months. I'm, I'm going to take a guess there. Uh, yeah, you would mentioned Damian, uh, Danny Amendola retiring as well uh, yes. previously. Uh, what was he, 2014 years he played in the league? He's been um, around for a while. I remember him back on the, the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, he's he's been around for a while. And a good player. I think like throughout... Pretty much his entire career, he's been a, a solid, dependable wide receiver, a, a very good player. And, and special teams, he's been useful on special course, teams as well. And yes, we love our special teams. We do indeed. Uh, uh, the punt returns, Amdullah did very well indeed for himself. So, yeah, that's uh, good, good for him. You know, I, I like when you, when you see players retiring, having, you know, turn around and said, you know what, I've done it all. I've been there 14 years He's, what, what did he want, two Super Bowls? I think he's won two Super Bowls. So, I mean, yeah, he's done it all. It's a shame when you see, see someone retiring because of injury, a la Chris Carson, yes. you know, five years. That That's a shame. But when, when you see someone getting to the end of their career, they're like, I'm hanging them up. I'm good. I, I like to see that. 
Absolutely. Well, there's only one other piece of news uh, before we get into Kyle Murray. It's a bit of sad news um, in terms of the Texans wide receiver, John Mechie III, um, who was diagnosed with APL, um, which is the most curable form of leukemia. Uh, means he likely won't play football this year, um, but fingers crossed he makes the full recovery and we see him on the field as soon as possible. But they, they released a statement just to, to mention that, so... It's good news in terms of it's the most curable form. Um, and like I say, thoughts and prayers and fingers crossed that it does go smoothly and that we see him again, you know, maybe even as soon as next year. Absolutely. Best wishes there. Best wishes. But that does lead us to slightly happier news um, in terms of Kyla Murrah, um getting a five-year extension, $230.5 million um, total 160 million of that in guarantees, meaning he is signed through the 2028 season as he still has two years left. Um, the most interesting thing, it, despite the fact that he's basically slightly one upped um, Deshaun Watson in terms of average, but obviously <laughs> I did, I, all I, of Deshaun Watson was guaranteed. So, I, I, so. I did like the 230 and a half. Yeah, like... so I've got an extra 0.1 million each year. Um, you know, it all counts, but Deshaun Watson will be sat there going, mine's fully guaranteed, so who really wins? Yeah, he's not kidding. Yeah, well, Kyle Murray might not be getting all of his. It's the strangest thing over the last couple of days in terms of a caveat in the contract that stipulates that Murray must complete at least four hours of independent study each week during each season. Now, to me... No contract in the history of the NFL has had this. And that shows great concern with Murray's maturity and leadership and, and a lot of doubt from the Cardinals in terms of um, Murray's obviously got interest in baseball. He streams um, online gaming a lot, video games a lot. Um, and in his last game, uh, the playoff loss to the Rams, Colt McCoy was taking the, the last snaps um, to stay out the loss, he didn't even stay on the field to you know be with his team. So mm. they've given him his extension after obviously playing hardball all off season in terms of will he, won't he, deleting things on Instagram and basically I'm not going to turn up unless you pay me. Well, they've paid him. They've not fully guaranteed it and they've left a caveat to say if you're not fully committed, the, the deal's null and void. So to me, it's a, a very curious one because putting that in the contract and now it's been leaked and I can guarantee you it wasn't Kyle Murray's side that leaked that because they wouldn't want that to be known. It's no. just the most bizarre. It, it doesn't set a good tone going forward for me. There's just always going to be that friction and that doubt in terms of, do they fully trust me? If I, if I was Kyle Murray, that's how I would feel anyway. They don't trust me to you know fully commit so much so that they have to put it in my contract that I have to do you know this much extra oil what most quarterbacks probably think the bare minimum is doesn't it kind of smack of you'll get your pocket money after you do your homework absolutely I mean, yeah. it's, it is that it's kind of what it, it really sounds like I mean, oh you, you've got to do four hours of independent my goodness what um yeah it, it clearly Kyler's camp, camp wouldn't want that coming out um but yes. it has like I said, that's the first time i've ever seen that in any contract where you know you'll get your money if you meet the stipulation normally it's you know you know, if you get 10 touchdowns, we'll give you an extra. Blah. No, they're like, we'll only pay you if you commit four hours every week to, to extra studies because we don't trust you not to be on Call of Duty. <laughs> you know, at his age, you know, 
if they still have questions about his maturity and his leadership, I don't think I'd be paying him two hundred thirty million. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue with that. You've you've hit it on the head. If if it's at the point where you're having to dictate, you you have to do the studying that is required of you to do the job. That's the kind of thing you should be telling your your third string guy that you picked up in the sixth round. That's not the guy that you should not have to tell what should be your franchise quarterback for the next decade to, you know, you need to study. That, that, that's, that's bizarre. That's it's, so, it's so bizarre. very bizarre. And it's very concerning. Like I say, it, it's strange to me because if the Cardinals obviously don't trust him, which this to me suggests they don't, why pay him? Um, obviously, they would need a quarterback this year. I understand that, and he ultimately was probably not going to play. But even so, five years, two hundred thirty-half million, hundred and sixty million guarantees. If you don't trust him, and he, you end up being right, you know, saying, you know, October the new Call of Duty comes out, and he can't help himself, and he's <laughs> online gaming, he's throwing different kinds of bombs. Just, yeah, he's you know he's he's too busy. <laughs> too busy on call of duty to, to give you the the basic four hours of studying then i mean it's not it's not four hours a day no four hours a week four hours a week i mean come on the man did go to college <laughs> you, did, and, you know he was able to study and play at the same time he can probably do it in the nfl four hours a week wow I'm not an NFL quarterback, but as someone who has played Call of Duty through the years and, and quite a lot of Call of Duty. Now, back in my day when I was in college, I would go to college, come home, play Call of Duty from four o'clock until four o'clock, <laughs> get about two hours sleep, and go to college. Uh, I probably wasn't at my peak during my college hours. Maybe so not. Maybe Kyle Murray might not be at his peak, you know, do you think against the, the Rams. Do you think he's been falling asleep in the film room? Impossible. Maybe that's the question. Like, Kyler's <laughs> not not really paying attention in in uh, the study room. He he looks very tired. And then they go on to Twitch and see that he was online four hours ago. They're like, ah, <laughs> ah. I'm so, putting two and two together here that this this isn't really working out. Ah, uh, maybe that's what happens. You know, when you give tens of millions of dollars to very young men. Yeah. <laughs> so, what does he want to do? He wants to game with his friends. Yeah. Right? He's like, um, I I I know. I, I'm doing what I've always wanted to do is just game with my friends, but now I don't have to actually also get up for work. Well, you kind of do, Kyler. <laughs> He's like, oh, you just gave 160 million in guarantees to the guy that wants to video game with that's, his friends, maybe. So that's, that's, that's a weird That's one. a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. That's an awful lot of money. I mean, if, if they're, the thing is, if the, if the Cardinals are that concerned about Kyler, to the point where they think this is a necessity. Surely they'd be better off just ditching him and you want to hold out, hold out. We don't care. We're not paying you that. We'll get someone. They next would year. get a good trade market for him. He's got two years left on his rookie deal. Yeah, they could trade him for a lot. Go yeah. pick up someone like Jimmy G for cheap, and and maybe be in a very similar situation. So, like I say, I like Calamari. He's been to a Pro Bowl. He's shown flashes of being brilliant. But if you as an organization don't have the trust in his maturity or his leadership, you probably shouldn't be committing to him like this. Like, like I said, that's the next seven years or next seven seasons that he's going to be your starting quarterback, supposedly. And you're 
worried about him, basically. Yeah. It, it's almost like you see some of these um, players, and it's, it's generally quarterbacks, uh, let's be honest here. It's almost like they're holding their team to ransom for a lot of these contracts. Um, and it's quite nice to see the teams actually say, right, do you know what, you want this money, we'll pay this money, but you've got to earn it. We're not just going to hand you all of this money. You, you do see some of them. I mean, Deshaun Watson hasn't earned anything. Um, he just got given nearly a quarter of a billion dollars. It's a lot of money. Um, but you see some some organizations, the way they deal with their quarterbacks is different from the way other organizations deal with their quarterbacks. I mean, we look look at the, the, the Seattle situation there with Russell Wilson. That was that was awful. And the, uh, let's not even go into the Browns with Baker Mayfield. Just appallingly bad. But then you look at a team, um, and we brought this up before about, you know, stability uh, in, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Roethlisberger retires. They've got Mason Rudolph. They bring in Mitch Trubisky and, at the time, Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace. And they said, right, we've got a quarterback battle. Whoever wins this battle is our starting quarterback. There's no egos there. Well, of course there are egos. But the Steelers are saying, you know, we're bigger than this. We're bigger than egos. We're the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you want to be the starting quarterback, prove it. Beat out the other two guys, and then you are the starting quarterback. And as long as you do well, you've got nothing to worry about. Could could you imagine the Steelers being held to ransom by a quarterback? That would never happen. Good luck with that front office. Yeah. Or even with your head coach, you think Mike? Yeah. You think Mike Tomlin is going to let a quarterback tell him what to do? Mike Tomlin would look at that quarterback and say, "I will get a winning season yeah. with 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 Mason Rudolph if I have to. I'll do it." Yeah, he would. He would say, "Listen, I, 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 you, I, you could give me a plow horse and I'd have it finish in the top three in the Grand National." He says, that, that's how good I am. So don't don't come here and I don't need your ego. Now, of course, when you get a, a transcendent player, uh, like, uh, you know, like Patrick Mahomes, uh, you could argue Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert looks like he's going to be that. Um, obviously, that changes the dynamic slightly. But there, there are certain individuals, and we know for a fact Mike Tomlin is one of them. He will not be told what to do by his quarterback. I want this. I want that. Do you earn it? I want $200 million. You've not played well enough to earn $200 million. Play better, you'll get it. But you see players like, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to sound like I'm picking on Kyler Murray. But, you know, it is sort of throwing your rattle out of the pram. I'm not going to play unless you pay me. Because, I mean, <laughs> again, we look at the Steelers, the Le'Veon Bell, it's exactly what it happened. It didn't work out too well. I'm the best running back in the NFL. I'm the which he best, was at the time. He, he was. And everyone in the fantasy team wanted him first above everyone else. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Look at him. The man is destroying teams up and down the NFL. I want more money. No. <laughs> Mike Tom was like, you're not getting more money. No, I'll make James Conner. Yeah. <laughs> look says, just as good as you. Yeah. And he, he says, did. He did. And, and, and in fact, I think James Conner actually averaged more yards per carry than Le'Veon Bell did. It, it was insane. And Mike Tom was like, no. like it's the scheme, not the player sometimes. Hmm. <laughs> yes, very much so. So, yeah, I, uh, I don't like uh, players. I mean, we've I've said time and time again, I despise greed in players. I hope, I, I also like Kyler Murray, and I hope that 
he is worth the investment because I think he's got the, the talent to do it. But as you say, you know, if he's going to be playing Call of Duty till, till three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning before a game, then I don't know. <laughs> it might not work. Like I say, I certainly believe in Kyle Murray. I thought that the Cardinals obviously did as well, but this this caveat in the contract is certainly interesting. Now, I would compare it to, to Baker Mayfield because that was kind of the biggest thing that the Browns and some of the people were saying this offseason in terms mm. of maturity and Baker's leadership. Now, Baker went, you know, kept quiet, just sat on the sidelines, like, Browns got a Brown, I'll hold it out, I'll be the bigger person. Went to the Panthers, agreed to chop some of his salary and put that into bonuses so that he can earn it. And to me, that that's showing, you know, whether that is just maybe a PR, like, I'm being the bigger person, I'm showing maturity, you know, maybe it was a bit of that. But to me, he's doing exactly what you're saying in terms of, I'll get paid, obviously, still like four and a half million or five and a half million from the Panthers, which, you know, it's no chump change. Um, but I think it was like three and a half million of that. Um, it's going to be in bonuses. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. saying, I'll I'll show you that I'm worth it. I'll, I'll show you that I'll earn that. I mean, he um, could, yeah, Baker could easily have demanded $150 million. Easily could from the Panthers. I'll, I'll take a five-year, $200 million, million contract. I'll, I'll take that. Because look what I did for the Browns. I, t- I turned the entire franchise. I'll do that for you. I mean, he could have said that, but he didn't. He was like, I'm just so glad to be out of that place. Yeah, get me out of there. Give just me a chance. Me because if he has a good season now, he'll go back to the Panthers and say, listen, I took you know a bit of a pay cut. I agreed to do it on bonuses. Uh, you know, We got, say, seven, eight wins, which yep. would be very good for the Panthers. <laughs> now, if you want me to stick around, you're going to have to pay me. But he's proven it. So yeah, and he's then, com- then that's up to the Panthers to sort out. Of course, and he's coming to the Panthers, and the Panthers have said, um, "This is a quarterback competition." Now, I think we all know that even if Baker is horrendously outplayed by Sam Darnold in preseason and training camp, he's starting Week One. I think, <laughs> I think against the Browns, he better be. He better be. Um, but you know the, the Panthers have said that you, you're coming in here, and it, this is a comp, you. You're not the starter, right? You and Sam are going to have to fight to for who's going to be the starter. Whoever wins is our quarterback. I I think we will all look at this and say, well, Baker's probably the better quarterback. He's probably going to be the starter anyway. He's definitely going to be the starter week one, regardless of what happens. Do you know what? You're right. I think Baker will. will. He'll play well and he'll do enough to turn a few heads and then say, right, you know, I, I took the pay cut. Now, now it's my turn. Pay me some money. I wonder if the Panthers will follow suit and say, well, Baker, we're a bit concerned of your maturity. We're going to need you to commit to <laughs> X, Y, and Z because some other teams are probably looking at this going, one, if we do ever put something like this in the contract, it better not get out. And two, why don't we think of that? Yeah, the, the, I wonder like, if there are some teams with troublesome quarterbacks right now thinking, "Why didn't we think of that with Jamarcus Russell?" <laughs> well, now here's the thing: I I did think of Jamarcus Russell when I saw this because Kyler Murray being told that you have to do four hours of studying uh, or whatever whatever it is, you know, the four hours independent um, just made me think of Jamarcus Russell because of the the now legend that the offensive coordinator handed him, uh, I don't know if it was videotapes or if it was DVDs or whatever it was, they they called it tapes regardless, um, of blitz packages by the the upcoming opponent. Um, And then, you know, 
the two days later and said, you know, how did you get on with studying? And he said, yeah, I've, I've, I've looked at it all. I think I know exactly what I'm looking at. And he was handed blank discs because the, the, whoever it was, either the quarterback's court or the offensive coordinator had an inkling because of the way he was playing that Jamarcus Russell wasn't doing any studying. He wasn't watching any film. He wasn't doing anything that he was being told to do. So they gave him these blank tapes or, or discs and, and said, study these blitz packages. And then he came back and went, oh, I've studied them. I know what to do. And then they were like, yeah, he, he, he hasn't even looked at these because I gave him a bunch of blank tapes. So You when- hear of things like that around the combine where they put notes or I've seen them put like $5 bills on like page 86 of the playbook to see if players come back and say, oh, by the way, this was here or... You know, I noticed this because then if they don't notice that, they go, well, did you read all of it? Because you didn't notice on page 86 this, you know, random thing. So it's a good way of, like you say, if these coordinators or head coaches have an inkling, it's a good way to kind of like, I really hope to be proven wrong, but I need to know. It's <laughs> great. Oh, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to just spend, you know, even a week, well, in, in, in and around like a front office during training camp or during, uh, you know, preseason and see the kind of things that they do. Because, you know, from they've got so many players in training camp. 90, isn't it? Like, I, I think it is 90. Uh, yeah, it's cut down. Maybe more. And, and it's obviously got to get cut down to 53 or it used to be 53, is it not? Did they, did they increase it? I think they might have increased it slightly. Um, Last time I tried it, it was 53 and then a longer, a larger practice squad, but like you say, it uh, might change. Is that what it was? Um, so th- they've got to trim 40 players off that, or 37 players that they've got to trim. That's a lot of players. You really want to make sure you've got the right 53. Because I'd just love to be in a front office when you see Leonard Fournette turn up at 206 pounds and you just be like, oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> can, can you imagine? Can you imagine what the guy was saying when he walked in the door? He was like, uh, who's this guy? <laughs> it's like, I didn't, I didn't ask for William Petty to turn up. Back. What's going on? Slattered <laughs> Fournette. Imagine, imagine turn up in front of Tom Brady in the, the huddle and look, just turn up like that. Tom Brady be like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> You've not been eating your avocado ice cream. <laughs> well, maybe you've been eating too much. I don't know what the calorie content of avocado avocado ice cream sounds disgusting. That oh, sounds like just a, not part of the TB plan, the TB12 plan. That's likely to give you TB. Good grief. <laughs> oh, it's avocado ice cream. Oh, it's like, I, I remember. So my uh, sister-in-law, my, my brother's wife, is a vegetarian. Okay. And uh, they were coming up to visit a couple of weeks ago, uh, a, couple, a few weeks ago, I should say, just just for a, um, they were up for a weekend and they popped in for, for a day. So I said, <clears throat> I'll, I'll have a barbecue because uh, uh, the weather this is at the beginning of June. Remember, we had that like three or four day stretch where it wasn't summer. Yeah, yeah where it wasn't absolutely pouring as rain and blowing a gale uh, summer. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> it's been and gone. Yeah, yeah, we missed it. It's gone. Um, so uh, for, for anyone who doesn't know, we're out in the Western Isles of Scotland and our summer lasted about three days at the beginning of June. Since then, it's been garbage. And before then, it was garbage. So it's, it's been awful ever since. Anyway, so we're having this barbecue and I said to my brother, because I didn't ask her directly, um, I said, what kind of things, because I knew she was a vegetarian, what kind of things does she like to eat? 
because uh, she might not like all vegetables, so Fraulein or Fraulein, or she's got an allergy of some kind. But he says, she'll eat pretty much anything. Now, I've ne- I'd never eaten an aubergine. Have you ever eaten an aubergine? No, I'm not. Not no. one for my vegetables. Yeah, okay. So in America, they're known as eggplant. Aubergine's called eggplants. And they're really weird. These, these purple, um, long purple. Uh, it, you've seen the emojis, yeah? So <laughs> eggplant emoji, yeah. So that's, that's an aubergine. Um, and I was, I was like, well, how do you cook an aubergine? I was watching a YouTube video on, oh, you thing it in salt and you pop it on the grill. And I was like, okay, that's fair enough. So I, I'd made a few things for it, including one thing I did make, which was lovely, was these red bell peppers. You cut them in half, you stuff them with mozzarella, you put some black pepper on it and you just barbecue it. And the, the half bell pepper acts as a cup and the mozzarella all melts inside it with the pepper. That's, that's damn good. If you like mozzarella and peppers... Oh, my word. Um, but anyway, so I'd, I'd slice the aubergine. I put it on the barbecue and um, I'd cooked it up. And, you know, they, they turned up and I'm cooking the. And she was like, oh, I love aubergines. I was like, ah, good stuff because I made them for you. And then I'm thinking, well, I've never tried one of these. So I says, can I, can I try a piece? I've never had it. And she says, of course you can. It was one of the most disgusting things I've ever eaten. It was hideous. It It had a texture what you'd imagine, uh, I, I'm trying to think <laughs> what, it, what what I could put it into. Do you remember that foam packaging that you used to get? It was the like foam peanuts? Yeah. So imagine that, but oily. That's, <laughs> that's what it was like. And I'm chewing that. I think one bite, I was like, oh, that's hideous. That was really, really bad. Really bad. So I mean, and 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 I tried avocados, and I I quite like guacamole, which is just mashed up avocados with with pepper and I forget what else is in it. Quite like that. But avocado itself, well, that's horrible. That's it, like you know, if you just like try eating a, a bit of avocado. Oh, so ice cream, avocado ice cream. No, thank you, Tom. Keep that to yourself. That's oh my word. Ooh, I can shiver. Literally getting goosebumps and shivers just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, avocado ice cream. No, thank you. You wouldn't, wouldn't survive on the TB12 treatment? No, I wouldn't. I absolutely wouldn't. I wonder what he would make of coming over to Scotland where everything's deep fried. Mars bar. Everything's deep fried. <laughs> He'd be I like, love, can I get a slice it. of pizza? Uh, yeah, hang on till we deep fry that for you. And he'd be like, what? Yeah, or deep frying the pizza for you. Uh, any chance of a Mars bar? Two seconds. Wait, we just chuck it into the fryer. <laughs> What's going on? Yes, deep fried Mars bar. Can I get some water with that? No, the option is a whiskey or gin. <laughs> so, uh, or tennis. There are your two choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it was in, in, in one, of the, one of the Avengers films. Is it Endgame? What's the one where um, <clears throat> Vision and Wanda have kind of, um, it might might be Infinity War, they're, they're hiding out in Edinburgh? Mm-hmm. Is that Infinity War? Right, right at the beginning of the film. And they get saved by, saved by Captain America. He's got the beard at this point. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, they're in Edinburgh and there's a scene where they go, pi- go by like a, like a chippy and it's actually got the deep fried Mars bar sign in the window. It's like, yes. That's Scotland for you. 
That's why we lead the world in heart failure. Right there. <laughs> lead it in heart failure. We, uh, we'll, you're going to do it, lead it, you know? Oh, absolutely. Nobody, nobody uh, we, remembers second place. We will deep fry anything. Any, you name it, we'll deep fry it. If Tom Brady came here with the avocado ice cream, we'd be like, chuck it in the fryer. <laughs> Wonder what it tastes like deep fried. <laughs> exactly. Probably maybe, maybe better. Yeah, so. no, deep frying makes most things taste better. So there is that. So yeah, no thank you, Tom. I appreciate it, but you're okay, pal. Um, so yeah, I, anyway, I don't know how, how we ended up on that. Talking about Kyla Murray. We, I, I will don't accept know. some responsibility for that one. Uh, you you should, but um, I don't know how we do it either. It's it's relentless, isn't it? We keep it's doing it. It's a this. gift and a curse. It, it's, it's the curse that keeps on giving. It really is. Um, right, so I, I think that's the news. Taking care that of. is the news. There was, pl- like I say, plenty of it. Plenty of news. That's good. Okay, so what we uh, have to do now is move on to a, um, our main segment, We've already been an hour talking about the news. <laughs> uh, our, our main segment, um, which is, of course, the NFC West Deep Dive. So last year, NFC West was, of course, won by the Los Angeles Rams, who then went on all the way to win the Super Bowl. They finished with a record of 12-5. and five. They were followed closely behind by the Arizona Cardinals with a record of 11-6. and six. We then had the San Francisco 49ers, who I think surprised a lot of people, uh, with a record of 10-7. and seven. And then the Seattle Seahawks finished at the bottom with a record of 7-10. and 10. And as ever, Jake, we're starting at the top. We're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Rams. Let's hear your opinion. What can we look forward to in 2022? With the Rams, they've got the the toughest schedule, which is you know part and parcel of being the Super Bowl champions. But the the NFC West play the AFC West and the NFC South. Um, so obviously the stacked AFC West, and then in the South they've got the Bucks and the Saints. Um, now the Rams play ten games against last year's playoff teams, which is brutal. Um, five of their eight road games are against those playoff teams. And seven of their eight um, road games um, had a winning record. So they will definitely be looking to make SoFi a fortress. Um, it's not all bad news. The, the good news being McVay and Donald returned. And whilst OBJ remains unsigned and Von Miller went off to Buffalo, um, they brought in Alan Robinson and Bobby Wagner, which are both fantastic players who, even on poor teams or you know, in Bobby Wagner's um, case, it was on a good team that became poor. Um, they've always kind of performed well above average. So, again, savvy by the Rams, they continue to do it, um, bring in talented players and, and keep such a stacked roster. Um, they're over-under set at 10.5, so understandably expected to drop off a little bit with such a tough schedule and a strength of schedule that is just uh, relentless. A week seven bye as well does them no favours. Um, I still expect them to to win the division. I still expect them to be in the playoffs um, come the end of the season. Like I say, anytime they, they lose a player, they replace them. What really more can you say? Like I say, I, I do, don't envy them in terms of especially their road games. Um, but again, the good news there is that's They've got nine home games and only away games, so that is another a positive. So I'm not sure what you really think of the Rams going forward. 
Yeah, I mean, when they signed Alan Robinson, um, I thought that that was basically a sign that they were going to get rid of OBJ. Um, because he's, you know, he, as you said, he hasn't been re-signed by the Rams. So I, I thought that to me, that was a sign they, they moved on from OBJ. Um, because in my opinion, Alan Robinson has the potential to be a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. He, I mean, he looked so he looked so good at Jacksonville, and then he goes to Chicago, and he he didn't miss a beat. He looked great in Chicago. And when's the last time he said that about a wide receiver in Chicago? That they looked great. Probably going all the way back to Brandon Marshall. Marshall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a long time ago now. Um, Alan Robinson's great, and I think over in Los Angeles, he will just light it up. Opposite Cooper Cup, where now Robinson doesn't have the number one cornerback on him every week, or he's not getting double teamed every week, which he was in Chicago, because he was essentially the only weapon they had um, at, the, at the wider position. Um, he's he's going to be loving life there. And, you know, you mentioned Bobby Wagner. That if there was one, I wouldn't even call it a weakness, but if there was one part of the Rams defensive game that wasn't as good as the rest of it, it would have been the inside linebacker position uh, because they had great edge edge pressure. Uh, the defensive line, good secondary, but the inside linebackers, as I say, not a weakness, but probably the, the weakest part. Uh, and it's just become five times better. You're bringing in one of the most consistent players of the past decade into your team and you know he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder you know he's going to be playing like he's got something to prove by being cast aside by a team that really needed him um and he's going to be he's going to be playing with some venom so uh, i'm gl- i'm glad for bobby wagner that he's he's got that and i'm so happy for alan robinson because he was in a really tough position in chicago i think matt stafford's going to have a great year this year i do i think he's going to be fantastic they they, they don't yeah, so they did lose Von Miller, uh, which is a lot. Now, a lot of people are saying that's not a huge loss. He didn't play that many games. The effect that Von Miller has on a team, and the Rams players said this, you know, even just being in the locker room is a huge effect. And I think we'll see that being reflected in Buffalo this year where Von Miller's gone. Um, but I think bringing in Bobby Wagner will replace a lot of that energy that may have not not, not been lost. Um but a lot of the energy that Von Miller would bring to it, I think Bobby Wagner brings the same kind of energy, elevates people around him. And um, it's, yeah, I think I think the Rams will probably win the division again this year. I can't, I, depending on how the, the Cardinals and 49ers pan out, um, as you said, they do have a tough schedule. And they're playing, AFC, you know, all four teams in the AFC West. That's potentially four losses right there. I'm not trying to, you know, blow the trumpet for the Denver Broncos, but there's not a single team in that division that, that you would look at and say, oh, we can beat them. You're not marking W's off against any of them. The NFC South, you could maybe mark W's off against the Falcons and the Panthers. We know the Saints like are going to be I like the look of the Saints, yeah. I, I like the look of the Saints. I, I think they're going to be improved. Um, so I wouldn't, I would never say that that's a win. And as you said, the Buccaneers, you, you, you can't write them off. So the Rams, I mean, you could be looking at six losses right there, just from six games. That's tough. J- just looking straight ahead. They only lost five games in total last year. 
personally, I don't think that's going to happen for the Rams. I think they're good enough that they might, you know, split the AFC West and beat either the Buccaneers or the Saints. So they'll, they'll maybe only lose two or three of those games. Um, but we'll see how they go. I, I think the Rams will win. Um, they, 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 had, they looked mighty last year in Stafford's first year at the quarterback position. And now he's got another year of uh, being with Sean McVay. Uh, and with the, you know the offense just clicking that little because all all Stafford needed to do was just tighten a couple of things up because his connection with Cooper Cup we saw it immediately was just out of this world it was fantastic it looks like there's no signs of slowing down and of course as we always see barring injuries I just don't see anything changing well the good news is everyone in the NFC West has to play those games as well. So even if they did lose all six, there's no saying that um, some of the other teams won't fare any better. Absolutely, yeah. Um, moving on to the next team, it is the Arizona Cardinals. We have aforementioned with Kyler Murray there. They were 11-6 last year. Uh, they did make the playoffs. Um, and there's been some movement, but not an awful lot of movement. Um, I believe the... Did they lose Chandler Jones? They did. They did lose they Chandler did. Jones. Okay, that so that's a big huge. one. That's that a huge. big loss. I had I had Chandler Jones' name written down here, and I was going, oh, "What happened to him?" And Christian Kirk. Don't forget Christian Kirk. Wow. They did. They lost. That's huge. Uh, well, they, they, they lost the Jaguars. I mean, from a monetary standpoint, they lost the most valuable receiver in football. You know. Uh, only from, saved from having a, to pay Christian Kirk as one of the most from a, do- a dollar per yard percentage that's a lot uh, they did lose Christian Kirk uh, they still have DeAndre Hopkins although he may be suspended Is, has he definitely six games yep 100% def- suspended oh, six right. games six game suspension for DeAndre Hopkins they then brought in um, Hollywood Brown didn't they yep um, and traded him they, 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 they traded him um, and of course Kyler's massive, massive contract. Um, so a few, a little bit of fluctuation going on there. Um, I'm still not sold in Cliff Kingsbury, although he has an incredible house. I'll give him that. Um, what do you think, the Cardinals, 2022? What's your What's your ideas for them? I mean, I've, I've spoke previously about the Cardinals and their, I think last two, maybe even three years now, where they get off to a hot start and just completely crumble. And it's, you know, you do it once and you're like, oh, you know, they're just injuries or they just, you know, run out of steam. But to do it so, you know, so consistently, I think they were six, no, maybe even seven, no, last year, and then just fell apart as usual. Um, this season, they're going to want to do the same in terms of getting off to a hot start. Because um, even with Hopkins suspended, their toughest games are at the back end of the season. They've got a week 13 bye, and after the bye, they finish the season with Patriots at Broncos, Bucks at Falcons, at 49ers. I mean, besides the Falcons there, you're looking at some very, very tough games. Yeah, none, none of them are gimmies, are they? No. and with, They've got the second hardest schedule, thanks to coming Second in their division, like I say, playing the AFC West and the NFC South. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be easy. They're certainly going to need uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown to step up with those six games where Hopkins is out. I mean, their first three is Chiefs at Raiders, home to the Rams. So oh. <laughs> it's brutal. And even then, I think 
they played some teams like the Giants, and you know they'll be hoping to beat teams like the Saints. But their schedule is brutal. There's really, like I say, I've said it before. You see a tough schedule, and these schedule this doesn't really mean anything until you see kind of runs of you know if you get four or five bad games in a row, that can be you know season ending because you, like I say, after that week thirteen bye, they come off that bye and they lose four of those five games, which you know on paper looks completely possible. Most people's seasons are going to be over by then. You can't really lose four of your last five games that's, and expect to be in the playoffs. No, that's a very that's a late buy, isn't it? Yeah, week thirteen by I think 13. week fourteen is the latest. So it's a it's a late buy, and they'll they'll not be wanting to come out of the buy. You know, we're quite happy we're here. We'll just finish here for the season. Yeah, I mean they'll just just be saying, <laughs> "Can we just put a pause in it?" <laughs> yeah. just, we're, we're calling Time it. Out. Time out. We're calling it. Just, that's We're it. kneeling down after the bye. Sorry. <laughs> Quite right. Take a knee. That's all you need to do after that. That's a late bye. And that's some yeah. tough games. And like you said, I'm glad you brought up Chandler Jones because I my last note on it was loss of Chandler Jones is huge. And then I thought the, the Cardinals also clearly have some worries about Murray, which we've obviously already touched on. Yeah, so. I mean, it, 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 was the, it was the one thing I had written down was Chandler Jones. I mean, yeah. I knew we were going to talk about Kyler Murray's uh, contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I knew. Well, I, I was, I was pretty sure DeAndre Hopkins was was suspended the six games. I couldn't remember if it was it was one hundred percent. You've clarified for me. But Chandler Jones, I mean, your best defensive player by a considerable distance. That's that's tough. That's a that's a big loss for them. Now they do still. Uh, I believe they do still have JJ Watt in the building. Yeah. Um, and I like JJ Watt, and I hope he has a full healthy season because he's still a force to be reckoned with when he's healthy. The problem is he hasn't been healthy. Um, missing DeAndre Hopkins for six games—that's that's rough. This is going to be rough for the Cardinals. They—they they could surprise everyone. They might win those first six games. They—they they might, and they might need to. I mean, in the last five years. Chandler Jones had 60 and a half sacks. Yeah. They're losing that. They're losing Hopkins. You know, yeah, I think Ch- yeah, Chandler Jones was, what was, was he second or third in the league over the past three seasons in sacks? Last, is, I've only got the last five where he was fourth behind TJ Watt, Aaron Donald, and Cameron Jordan. No, no I, short. <laughs> that's that's pretty illustrious company. That's not too last shabby three at all. Years, he's further down, about seventh or eighth, but he's been consistently near the top of the sack charts for the last five, six years easily and a monster on the end. Well, when you consider that every team has at least two edge rushers, uh, some have three. Uh, depending on, on the way they play them, um, you, you're looking at 64. If you're in the top 10 out of 64, that's pretty good. I don't think anyone could complain if you're in the top 10 at 64. Um, consistently. C- consistently. Always in the top 10. And I don't think anybody would argue that Chandler Jones isn't top 10 in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be tough for the Cardinals. I, I find it difficult of, of where I'm I'm putting them. I had them at 10 wins, um, but... Rove-under is nine. Um, yeah. So they'll obviously go from 11 wins 
they expect a, a drop off. Like I say, that that will be to do with the schedule and, and oh, having yeah. to play the AFC West. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they get on with that. Um, so moving on from the Cardinals, we then come to the San Francisco 49ers. And from everything that we've heard and everything that we've seen so far, the 49ers are going to be starting Trey Lance. They're going to be running him out from week one. Kyle Shanahan seems absolutely 100% sold on this. Uh, John Lynch, the general manager, seems 100% sold on this, which kind of worries me because it makes me think Trey Lance might be an awful lot better than I thought he was going to be. <laughs> so um, we'll need to wait and see what the 49ers do. But we, what, one thing we know they're going to be able to do is run the ball. Where they've always been able to do that, and they will continue to do so, uh, regardless of who they put into that system. Last year they were ten and seven. What do you reckon, Jake? Reckon there's going to be any improvement this year for the Forty Niners, or maybe maybe they will have a couple of setbacks. What do you think? Uh, it's an interesting one because, like you say, Shanahan and Lynch even today from the press conference confirmed the team has moved on to Trey, and Jimmy G won't practice with the team. You know they've made the stance clear now. The thing I found interesting was the 49ers are tied sixth in terms of odds for the Super Bowl, and their over-under is sat at 10.5. Now, with an unknown quantity at quarterback, that shows just how good this team is and, and how good they are coached, because not many teams will have a quarterback who's not really started, not really played, and nobody really knows how good they are, and be expected to hit double-digit wins and be in contention for the Super Bowl. Um. <laughs> That's now, before their does kind of see it all. Yeah, it? it's 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 a just show. I was looking at the depth chart. And I was like, oh, and then obviously you look at the coach and stuff, and you're just like, okay, I can see it. But if your quarterback is a dumpster fire, you're you're not getting ten wins. Um, now they've got a, a relatively early bye in week nine. Um, on paper, they've got four winnable games and four very tough games before their week nine bye. Um, and then I can see a familiar pattern of what happened last year in terms of the Forty Nine ers getting hotter down the stretch. Um, slash year, obviously, they beat the Rams to make the playoffs. They beat Dallas. They upset Green Bay. And then, ultimately, they should have been in the Super Bowl. They were 17-7 to 7 up at the start of the fourth quarter. So, mm. they certainly seem to turn it on at the right um, stage of the season. They've lost some players in terms of um, Nathan Thompson, Con, Con Williams, Arden Key, uh, Raheem Mostert, there was obviously news on him um, today saying he's back for the Dolphins and feeling better. I mean, they brought in Chavez Ward, a, a cornerback who's very good, Raymond McLeod from the Steelers, but they didn't really do too much with the the roster. So I do expect them to be competitive. Um, they are just one of the most watchable teams in the coming weeks in terms of training camp and preseason because there is a huge question of the quarterback and the 49ers are obviously all in. Um, John Lynch' <laughs> career could be on the line. Um, definitely his his job is on the line because he's the one that's uh, obviously committed so openly to Trey Lance and, and drafted him and, and taken that capital on him. And, you know, love him or hate him, Jimmy G, when he's been fit, has been a great quarterback for them. So for them to come out so publicly and openly, you know, going to trade or cut Jimmy G at the end of the day, they have a lot of faith in this young gentleman and I hope for their sakes in terms of career-wise he repays it. Otherwise, I can see uh, John Lynch going, you don't fire Kyle Shanahan, but you, you, you may fire John Lynch. Yes, um, I actually, I'm going out on a limb here. 
because I think, do you remember what we were talking about earlier on in one of our many, many tangents? How I said that John Elway uh, and Dan Marino are incapable of evaluating quarterbacks? Yes. I think John Lynch. And a safety in John Lynch. uh, Yeah. I think John Lynch might actually be the best positioned general manager to be able to evaluate quarterbacks. He played against guys, you know, the, the, the best you've ever played. He's seen them. He studied them on film closer than anyone else would study them on film because he had to play against them. I think he's really, and, and Kyle Shanahan just knows what he needs for his offense to work because we know it doesn't matter who the quarterback is for the 49ers. It doesn't matter who the running backs are. Kyle Shanahan is going to run his offense the way he runs it. And he's going to look at a quarterback and say, I need you to be able to do this. And he's, and it worked. You're, I mean, I made a mistake last week when I was talking about, um, I'd said that the Rams played the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. And they didn't. They played them in the divisional playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because it was the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Yep, they upset the, the Green Bay Packers. Because that's... After, after crawling into the, yeah, the playoffs, they beat Dallas. That's what they, they do. Kyle Shanahan just does this. The 49ers have always been that team that, you know, if they make it into the postseason, watch out. Just be careful. And then ultimately they choke like the Super Bowl and then the fourth quarter against the Rams. And the fourth so quarter against the Rams. Ultimately, they end up choking, but they, they are always in contention. They are. Um, now, uh, with Kyle Shanahan saying, I'm 100% in on Trey Lance, and with John Lynch saying the same thing, that makes me think that they're watching him in, in, in camp and training and they're like, this guy is something special because it's not like they're seeing Trey Lance is, has won the starting job over Jimmy Garoppolo. They are so confident that they're like, Garoppolo's out. We don't need him. Finished. I, I, and you're thinking, my goodness. But at least at least they had the wherewithal to be up front with Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo. They obviously told Jimmy this beforehand, before they told the public. You don't see him going off crying and, and, and whining to people saying, oh, how could they possibly treat me this way? So they've obviously done this the correct way. And they've said to, J- to Jimmy, probably a year ago, or, or, you know, as soon as the season finished, that, or when they drafted Trey Lance, or before they drafted Trey Lance, we want this guy, we think he's going to be the guy. We still want you to be our quarterback this year. He's not going to be ready. We think you can take do well. He did. He got them to an NFC Championship game. You know? And then, but he obviously knew in advance this was going to happen. I, I, he'll find a job. Jimmy, yes, I, I think he would have already if it wasn't for the injury. That, that's what's been holding this all up. Oh, I, I definitely. Same, same with, you know, you're talking about OBJ. That's the reason he's not been signed is because of his injury. Same with Jimmy G. Everyone was waiting for him to be cleared, come out of surgery. Can he throw? Because you're not going to trade for a quarterback who can't throw unless you're the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> and, you you know, you see Drew Brees with a knackered shoulder and go, you're the one for me, son. <sighs> <laughs> that, that didn't work out too badly. Yeah, it didn't work out too badly. I, I was all right, wasn't I? I was okay. The, the, the faith, obviously, Jimmy G, the main reason they want shifted of him is because of the contract and his cap um, so mm-hmm. that they can pay Debo, because I'm sure the second Jimmy G gets 
traded or cut, the 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 Debo Samuel contract will be released. I'm 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 more, almost 100. percent That's just waiting in the wings. But yeah, it will be. You're not only going from Jimmy G as your starter and and you know an upstart rookie as your backup. You know, saying Trey Lance, here's the reins. This is your team. And if you're not up to it or you get injured, it's okay. We've got Nate Sudfeld. You know, yeah. th- this is a gamble. I mean, and like you say, yeah. I, I trust Kyle Shanahan. I, you know, there's n- I've not got any reason not to trust John Lynch. And for them to come out and on- put their, you know, they are putting their name and their mm-hmm. jobs on no, the line. Absolutely. Saying, you know, they, do- they could come out and say, you know, we want to see what we've got with Trey Lance. You know, Jimmy G's, you know, injury pro and he's got the contract. You know, we're just seeing what we've got there. They could do that and kind of, you know, try and cover themselves. If Trey Lance blows up, they can be like, well, we weren't 100% sold. No, they are going. This mm-hmm. is Trey's team. We believe in him. You know, this is what we're doing going forward. Like you say, they've done it the right way in terms of being up front with Jimmy G and said, hey, listen, cost us a lot of money. We want to give the, the kid a shot. You need to find a new, a new home. We'll help you do that, you know, rather than do it behind his back. At least they've been honest with him, but they are seriously putting their necks on the line. So, like you say, should the NFC West and should my Saints, who have to play the 49ers, be more concerned? Because I feel like what I've seen on Twitter and what I've seen from kind of reporters, you know, Trey Lance isn't anything special. We might all be surprised come preseason when he starts throwing dimes. We might indeed. We might indeed. Um, I, 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 I trust uh, Kyle Shanahan more than I trust myself. So, yes. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll just put that up there. Um, so that's the San Francisco 49ers. We now come to the final team in the NFC West deep dive. This is the final deep dive. It's the final one, Jake. 32nd team. The 32nd team. It might actually be the 32nd team. <laughs> 32nd place team. It's the Seattle Seahawks. And, well, now, did the Seahawks have an interesting offseason? Um, yes. Yes, they did. Uh, they acquired a number of players. Uh, Shelby Harris, great acquisition. Uh, Shelby Harris for them on the defensive line. And he'll improve that defensive line. Um, they acquired Noah Fant, tight end. They acquired a quarterback, Drew Locke. They still have quarterback Geno Smith. Uh, and Pete Carroll has said that Geno Smith is the guy. He came out and said that. Geno Smith can make all the throws. Um, what the what they lost, of course, is the best quarterback they've ever had in the franchise in Russell Wilson. And the best linebacker they've ever had in the franchise in Bobby Wagner. Um, and they appeared to treat both of them like absolute garbage. And I don't understand any of it. I don't like it. I despise the way the Seahawks operate. And they finished 7 and 10 last year. And I'll be very surprised if they come even close to seven wins this year. But I'm not here to spout <laughs> my hatred for the Seahawks because I've already done it. Jake! Seattle Seahawks 2022. What are you? What are your thoughts going into this season? Well, it's interesting because they're over under set at six and a half, so they're expected to be around similar what they did last year. Their, their schedule is eleventh, which sounds bad, but compared to the rest of the division, is a cakewalk. But life without Russ is going to be very tough. Um, it's honestly, you know, I said that the eleventh uh, strength schedule, but. It's different when your team's not very good. It's it's tough to see where they're going to get seven or more wins from. 
Yeah, one that, of the that, interesting. The reason there's a sorry to interrupt you there, Jake. The reason there's a eleventh is because they don't have to play themselves twice. Yes, yes, basically. Um, it's uh, an interesting one for me. Is could they be a London spot for Jimmy G? I know Geno Smith is the guy, um, and I can't see the Forty ers trading because why would you help someone in your, your division? That would be dumb. That would be um, the stupidest thing you could do. Who would do such a thing? Um, some teams do do it. It's bizarre, but um, if they get to the point where he doesn't have any trade value, which is, is highly possible with such a high cap number and, and coming off injury, and they just decide to cut him, the, the Seahawks are a team I would certainly be looking at to, to be in the race for Jimmy G. That can obviously change a team because, sorry, Gino, Jimmy is a, a better quarterback. Do, do you know? Do you know? Do you know who I think uh, will take Jimmy G? Buccaneers. Back up Tom Brady. Yeah, you were drafted to sit behind Tom Brady. Yep. All these years later, come sit behind Tom Brady. I think he would do it. Oh, why not? Because if he goes to the books and they say, listen, don't tell everyone Tom Brady's retiring after this year. You know, it's a one-year thing. He's retiring. You're guaranteed the starting job basically next year. Why would you not do it? Because you're inheriting a a goddamn good team. So I I would do that. You're going to (laughs) pay me to sit behind... Tom Brady and and sit here. <laughs> Damn right. Pay I me. would I would do that just so I could then say that I replaced Tom Brady. And you but might I'm, get another ring from it, you know. I, 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 I would just tell them it's because they said I was better than him. <laughs> I retired Tom Brady. I he retired because of me. Um, I was drafted to retire Tom Brady, and I did it. I just did it about eight years later. Um, but back to the Seahawks. Back I to mean, the Seahawks. Sorry about that. Um, so like I say, Jimmy G possibly, but after a. Tough first two, obviously they start with the Broncos with with Russ coming back to town, and they go at the 49ers. Um they will be looking at the next two games, um, home Falcons at the Lions, at the Saints. As, as basically well, and then but I actually play the um home against the Cardinals after then, which is obviously the, the Hopkinless Cardinals. They'll be looking at them as big games because <laughs> it doesn't get much better after that. So after playing the, the Giants in week eight. Um, they have at Cardinals, at Bucks before their bye, and then they come off the bye to Raiders and at Rams. So the two weeks before and two weeks after the bye are brutal. You, I would pretty much guarantee that's going to be four losses. Um, two of the last five, they get to play the Panthers and the Jets, but the other three are tough games. So like I say, I don't really see where they get seven wins, that, that kind of stretch where they play Falcons, Lions, Saints, and the Cardinals without Hopkins. If they don't win three or four of them, like you say, they they might end up being the thirty second team. They'll certainly be closer to the bottom than the top. Now, I like the players they got in the trade in terms of Shelby Harris and Noah Font. I I really like what they did in the draft. Really, you know, Charles Cross replacing um, Dwayne Brown, basically, um, Boy Maffe in the second or the start of the second round, and then drafting Kenneth Walker. Obviously, probably knowing that they were losing Chris Carson. I mean, yeah. They've, they've certainly got some good pieces going forward. Is this year going to be the year for them? Probably not. Should they get rid of Pete Carroll? Probably. Um, but it's all kind of up in the air with Seattle at the moment, from from ownership to Pete Carroll. So yeah, definitely an interesting franchise going forward in the next couple of years. But it is Jimmy I, G to the, the the Seahawks makes sense to me. Yeah, it does. And um, oh, breaking news! Oh, breaking news! Uh, although it is from Adam Schefter, 
So, you know, take oh. that with a pinch of salt. Seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Julio Jones is signing a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, get in the bay. Gosh. Why? The soon-to-be 45-year-old Tom Brady. Yeah, we know how old he is, Adam. We'll have a chance to throw to the 33-year-old Jones. God damn it. Julio Jones is one of my favorite players of all time, and now he's just ruined that. He's just ruined his entire career in my eyes. You've ruined my mood. He should have gone to the Colts. He should have been re- re- reunited with Matt uh, Ryan, and I shouldn't have to play in this year. God I, damn it, Julio. I'm, I'm, I'm sick. Absolutely sickened by that. That's the worst... That's the worst news ever. That's awful. I'm just, oh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm disgusted by that. Anyway, uh, we should go back onto the Seahawks. Um, <clears throat> right. So, uh, yeah, as you were saying, Jake, um, the, the organization is, is up in the air. It's, it's a bit of a shambles. Pete Carroll has way too much control over what's yeah. going on. Way too much. It it reminds me. I know I've said this before, but it just it it reminds me personally of of Dan Reeves when he was in in Denver and he had so much control and John Elway was there for all these years and he carried his team to three Super Bowls and Dan Reeves continued to run the same run run pass run run pass run run pass offense that just did everyone's head in and Pete Carroll basically did the exact same thing in Seattle and we saw Russell Wilson. Uh, not only last year, it was the year before as well. Essentially, calling out his coach and saying, "Let me play. Let, let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. Let me do what I'm good at." And it, it never materialized. And then, of course, it, it you know, if they don't win a game or something, then everyone's going, "Oh, well, Russell Wilson said he could do this, and they didn't even win the game." It's well, it's hard to win the game when you're running for your life because it's always third and ten. Because you run two plays into the line of scrimmage. It, it's really, really hard to win like that. And But they continue with Pete Carroll. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. Why Pete Carroll is still employed by the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I don't know if he's got pictures of the owner's wife or something. I mean, it's like, come on. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, he's not a good coach. He really isn't. And the way, the way he's treated his players is appalling absolutely appalling now i don't know if he had the 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 final say in the 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 russell wilson trade or the cutting i still can't believe we're saying that cutting bobby wagner just unbelievable um i don't know how much say he actually had in that personally but for some reason uh, everyone knew this was public this was public between russell wilson and um pete carroll they were not getting on. Wilson was not happy. He wanted to change the offense up. And Carroll was like, no, this is what we're running. And it's a, a, I, I don't blame Russell for getting out of there. I'm still really annoyed that they, they managed to get Shelby Harris. From a, from a Broncos point of view, that's, that's tough. Because Shelby Harris is a, a classy man, great human, and a fantastic player. Best hands in the league. Shelby, sorry to see you go, uh, but, you know, wish you all the best. Uh, just don't win too many games for them. That's what I'm saying with that. Uh, do you have anything yeah. else you want to add on about the Seahawks there, Jake? Yeah, like you say, there's, just kind of talk about what you were saying there, about the defense especially, which is what's what the Seahawks were really known for when they were at their best. But players like Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Cam Chancellor, 
they've all come out afterwards and, and not had many nice things to say about Pete Carroll and, and the, the Seahawks. And we've spoke before about organizations like the uh, the Steelers, who always seem to get rights. Now, I will say, in defense of the Seahawks, what they're doing with Chris Carson in terms of um, retiring him so that he gets paid, they don't need to do that. You know, they don't have to do that. That is good. But it's not a great look for Pete Carroll, I would say, more than more than the front office that a lot of these players go on to other teams and basically say how much they hate Pete Carroll. And the reason they have such high turnover is because Pete Carroll was a great college coach and he's a very raw, raw guy. And that's great for college players and probably for the first like two or three years. But from what I've kind of taken from it, after three or four years, probably the same raw, raw, you're like, we get it, Pete. We, we get it. We, we had this conversation last year. Can we do something different? And that's why they probably have a lot of turnover. And to have that much control and basically be the face of the, the face of the franchise is, uh, you know, a 70 plus um, head coach. It's, it's worrying to me. If I was a Seahawks fan, I would be worried that you chose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson. Like you say, with Dan Reeves and John Elway, they chose John Elway. Smart decision. Oh yeah, Pat, Pat, Pat Bolin was not a stupid man. He was like, so I either choose the coach, and I'm, I'm not saying Dan Reeves is a bad coach. Of course not. Never say that. Uh, but he was like, do I do I go with the coach, who's a, a good coach, a winning coach, or do I go with arguably the greatest quarterback talent the planet has ever seen? Hmm, let me think about that. Anyway, I'm going with John. And then Shanahan the comes issue in. With the, the- the issue with the Seahawks at the moment is there's not really a front official or ownership, you know, a steady kind of people in charge. So they, they chose Pete Carroll because it was easier to, you know, not have to get a whole new coach and stuff. But that might be the case in terms of politics wise, but it's a lot easier to win games with a better quarterback. Definitely. It definitely is. I'm not sure if I can add anything to that. You've, you've covered it quite succinctly. So uh, that's the end of our deep dive, our final deep dive, the 32nd team out of 32, the Seattle Seahawks. We've covered all eight divisions, both conferences. Um, But we're not going to end the show there, of course, Jake, because we do still have time for uh, another segment, which is, of course, Random Stats. So, Jake, would you like to tell us your random stat for this week? I certainly will. Now, I am going to be talking about one Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson has the most wins by a quarterback before turning 25 years old um, since the merger. He is 37-12 and 12 as a starter. Um, he was also the youngest quarterback to start a playoff game at 21 years, 364 days old. Two very impressive stats. A great player. The reason I bring it up this week more than another week is because there is no one happier about Kyler Murray's deal than Lamar Jackson, because if he's worth two hundred and thirty million and one hundred and sixty mil in guarantees, this is just more and more ammunition for Lamar Jackson. I've said it time before; he'll be taking a note of all this and then going to the Ravens and going, "Here you go. If you want me to stick around, better pay me." Um, so, two good stats about him, but I just think it's any time a quarterback, uh, quarterback gets paid, especially someone like Kyle Murray, who's you know, young quarterback shares a lot of the same traits as Lamar Jackson. This is just perfect for him. He just sits there and goes, I know I'm better than Kyler Murray. You probably know I'm better than Kyler Murray, so you better pay me better than Kyler Murray. 
<laughs> he does as well. I don't. Did you see the? Uh, did did you see this this thing from the Athletic, where they published the uh, the, the QB tiers list? Have you seen this? No, I don't. No. So the Athletic. Uh, every year they publish uh, an annual QB tiers list, and they're, they're put into the the groups. You know, like the, uh, the the top tier being the elite, and blah blah, blah and then the second tier and all that. And and in in tier two was Lamar Jackson. Okay. Ah, uh, yes, that makes sense. Now they they said tier two is teams is sorry is players who can carry their team. Um, you know, have exceptional talent, but there's maybe one or two holes in in their game. Okay, so the the top guys um, was uh, these are the guys who can carry their team, and there's no visible deficiency anywhere. There was Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert. Uh, I I think it was Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. But I think that's what it was. I I might have one of those wrong. I love Josh. You know, I, I love. Borough, but it's still a lot very early, you know. Yeah, it, 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 Jackson's it, 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 a, it an MVP. Early. He's been a two Pro Bowls. He's been a All Pro. Like I say, he's got the most wins by a quarterback before twenty five. He's got the most single season rushing yards by a quarterback. The yeah. disrespect he gets is is unbelievable. Oh well, now if you think that's disrespectful, um, wait till you hear this. The, the <laughs> when when the Athletic do this. Uh, QB list. They actually ask NFL executives and personnel. They ask. I, bl- I believe they actually get just. It's all anonymous, but they ask around sixty people around the league, um, at you know, and staff and coaches and coordinators, and they and they ask them. You know, what do you think of this guy? This guy? This guy? What tier would you put them in? An anonymous defensive coordinator said this of Lamar Jackson. Okay, this is a direct quote. If he has to pass to win the game, they ain't winning the game. He's so unique as an athlete, and he's a really good football player, but I don't care if he wins the league MVP 12 times. I don't think he'll ever be a number one as a quarterback. He'll be a number one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. Have you ever heard anything so mindless in your life as that? I mean, how you, sp- could, <laughs> you could win 12 MVPs at the quarterback, but not be a number one quarterback for a team. That makes a lot of sense. I'm assuming this defensive coordinator is either one, brand new, or two, probably in the division and gets fried by him twice a season. I was talking to um, our resident draft expert, Ewan McPhail, about this actually today. Um, and I think we were, we were under the agreement that this is someone who got absolutely had, had his Gosh. backside handed to him by Lamar Jackson. Because how anyone, and do you know what? I hate this. Or, oh, he he's a good football player, but not a quarterback. Is it? Are you actually? Have you lost your mind? How how could you possibly say that? The man is an MVP, uh, and and you could say, oh, you're, he's a dual threat quarterback. Yeah, he is, because he can kill you with his legs and his arm. He's not a running back. He's a quarterback, and he's a damn good one. 
for someone to say he'll never be a number one. And this is a defensive coordinator in the NFL. <laughs> Where did this come from? Well, you know what the NFL stands for. Not for long. Uh, but yeah. that defensive coordinator, shout out Jerry Glanville. Oh, Jerry Glanville. Uh, I'll be selling groceries. That's what he said. <laughs> he said. You're not in college anymore. This is the end. Do you know what? I'm going to find that. I'm going to find that audio clip, clip, and I'm going to put it in here. Was he from college? I hate them college guys. That's all. I hate them. Was he a bull, a bull official? <laughs> huh? Is he a college official? Well, he's a, he's a first year man. He's just Would you out. bring him over to me, please? Well, well, Let me talk to the college guy. I hate college guys. Okay. This isn't college. You're not at a home I, I, I understand. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. Yeah. I'll be selling groceries. So yeah, that was a clip by Jerry Glanville. There, absolutely fantastic. It's it's wonderful. Uh, the, the this thing that I was reading, uh, obviously New York Post, it said that in in Lamar Jackson's second season, all he did was lead the league in passing touchdowns. He averaged a higher yards per attempt than Justin Herbert did in his second season, and he completed over sixty six percent of his passes. Well, he's but, tier two, and, and probably Justin not Herbert, worth the money, and not yeah. a very good quarterback. Apparently, and Justin Herbert is tier one. Yes. Now, I, I, I mean, I, I love Justin Herbert. Of course. Of, co- of course. And, if, uh, you know, as I said before, if Justin Herbert continues with his trajectory of improvement, he'll be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And, you know, and he stays healthy, of course. But Lamar Jackson... Is well on his way. He's well on his way from going to the Hall of Fame. Well on his way. So, to hear some numbers for you, since his rookie year, he's thrown for 8,766 yards, 78 touchdowns, 28 interceptions in 42 games. He's also rushed for 2,978 yards and 16 touchdowns. And he's only 25. I'm pretty sure that is without the playoffs. Look, he's 37 and 12 as a starter, so that's probably not including playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you're just... It, it's un- I, I can't believe anyone would say that about Lamar Jackson. Just, I sorry, I hijacked your random stat. It's like I say, with Kyle Murray getting paid, Lamar Jackson, this plays into his hand. And But the main reason I brought it up is just because, like we've just spoke about there, the disrespect he gets oh. is just phenomenal. It's just outstanding how, not even some writers, some defensive coordinators don't seem to uh, respect him when he continually shows why he should be. I mean, look at his wide receiver room. His best wide receiver just got traded. He doesn't care. He'll no. run the ball, he'll pass it off to his running backs, he'll throw it to Mark Andrews, and he'll be in the playoffs once again. And he'll be another contender for MVP again. That's how good he is. With no wide receivers. With no wide receivers. Because receiver. he doesn't need them. I've got running backs and a tight end. What more, you know? And, uh, and uh, John Harbaugh. Is it John? Yes. <laughs> Yes. I, I keep, do you know what? I know it's John Harbaugh, and every time I see his name, I keep thinking, is it John? The doubt creeps in. The, just for a split second, because I know Jim was at the 49ers and is now at, uh, who's he coaching in college? Michigan. Um, uh, Michigan. I know this for a fact. But every time I see John Harbaugh, I go, is it John? Yeah, it is. John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, he, he's like, yeah, do you know what? Say what you like. The only coordinator who's allowed to say this is the Ravens coordinator. Defensive coordinator. He's the only one who's allowed to say this because he goes up against Lamar in practice every single day. He's the only person who is allowed to say that about Lamar Jackson. And even then, we all know he would only say that taking the 
Mickey. Because he would know how great Lamar Jackson is. That it's it's just the stupidest thing. The, the it might be. The, it might be the Baltimore Ravens defense coordinator. This could be genius. He might, knowing it's anonymous, say this. You know, light a fire under Lamar Jackson just to prove more people wrong. <laughs> I and didn't he can think then come out. That. I think this. We might have just solved it. I think it was the Baltimore oh. defensive coordinator. He was like, "Yeah, he's nothing. He's rubbish. Chess. He's not going to do anything." Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson, after throwing five touchdowns, you know, DX chops the camera and says, "Screw it, that defensive coordinator." And he, the defensive coordinator, is actually sat on the sideline, going, <laughs> "Genius." <laughs> Chess, not checkers. Absolutely, absolutely. That's odd, oh, but we have we've cracked it. We've we absolutely cracked it. That's where that came from. The Ravens. That's why people tune into the Winnerfell. It certainly is. Lamar Jackson's probably listening right now, and he's like, ah. realization. Ah. He's had his eureka moment of he like, has. but he's like, you know it. what? I, I I can't let them know, so I, I'm still going to do it. <laughs> still going to get in a badass everyone. So we'll know depending on how Lamar Jackson plays this year whether or not he's listened to this particular yes. episode of if the podcast. If he plays bad, he's obviously listened and it's got, we've ruined his mental. We've ruined it. Wow. So if, right, we know you're listening to Lamar. Apologies. Sorry about that. Okay. Maybe but, we should put in a, like a spoiler warning for Lamar Jackson. Uh, that's a good point. Don't listen to this yeah. if you're Lamar Jackson, just for this like two minutes. <laughs> so welcome back, Lamar Jackson. Um, thank you for skipping that. Um, just wanted to sing your praises about my random stat there. That was a great random stat, Jake. Loved it. Thank you. Absolutely brilliant. Um, okay, so I've, I've got my random stat now. Uh, and we're going back in time again. Because uh, you know I like to do that. And we are going back to the 1976 NFL draft. And we're going to talk about a gentleman by the name of Archie Griffin. Have you ever heard of Archie Griffin? I don't think so. Yeah. Does that ring a bell? So he was a first round pick uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was selected 24th overall in the 1976 draft. He played for seven seasons in the NFL, all with the Bengals. Um, he was a, a running back um, and he was joined in the backfield by his teammate, Pete Johnson, who played in, in college and who was drafted in 77. And his older brother... Oh, sorry, his, not his older brother, big fan, his, his younger brother, uh, Ray Griffin, w- was a defensive back, was drafted by the Bengals in 1978. Keep it now, in the family? Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, during uh, his, his seven years, uh, excuse me, <laughs> I'm going to try that again. Uh, during his uh, seven seasons um, in, in the NFL, he rushed for 2,808 yards and seven touchdowns, caught 192 passes, for 1,607 yards and six touchdowns. Um, and he played in Super Bowl 16 with the Bengals. Right? So that's all you think. Well, it's nothing spectacular in that. What's the, what's the actual random stat? Well, it turns out that there's something very special about Archie Griffin. Because um, in college... He's, he's actually considered one of the greatest college players of all time. I didn't know this. I was looking up the greatest, because we'd spoken about this. Who's the greatest college player of all time? Some people say Herschel Walker, Bo Jackson. I say Tim Tebow. And you're like all these guys, you know. Um, Griffin won four Big Ten conference titles with the Ohio State Buckeyes. And he was the first player ever to start in four Rose Bowls. But that's not the best stat. He is the only person to ever win the Heisman Trophy 
twice. He won the Heisman Trophy in uh, <coughs> excuse me, I beg your pardon. I'm gonna <coughs> I'm gonna cut that. Sorry. Um, he won the Heisman Trophy twice with the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I I was looking at this going, that can't be right. Surely he can't be the only person to ever win it. And I went all the way back through the Heisman Trophy right back to 1935. And indeed, he is the only person to ever win it twice. So not a lot of people know uh, much about Archie Griffin, but big shout out for the guy. He played seven years of the Bengals, but he did it all in college. The only player to start, uh, sorry, the first player to start in four Rose Bowls and the only two-time Heisman Trophy winner, Archie Griffin. Now that you bring that up, it does ring a bell because I remember back in 2012 when Johnny Football won the Heisman, I had a bet on him to win the Heisman next year because I won it won it that year. I thought, you know, just double down. He's going to win it again. He's Johnny Football. And obviously he, he did not do such a feat because only one man has done such a feat. So yeah, good for him. There you like are, you say, just, you know, so it's amazing sometimes you see these college players like so arguably one of the best college players. doesn't always um, transcend to the NFL. And sometimes it's the opposite. You see someone who was, you know, middle of the pack, mediocre, didn't stand out in college, and they come out and, and light up the NFL. It's it's really intriguing to me sometimes how that works. It is. I mean, I, I was watching a thing, um, and I can't remember. It might have been an episode of, um, might have been an episode of That's Good Sports on, on YouTube, and they were talking about Chris Harris Jr., now, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Harris Jr. was the, the cornerback for the Denver Broncos. Um, and I believe at the moment, he's, is he still playing for the Chargers? I believe so. I'm pretty sure he's part of that very, very good backfield in the, the Chargers. Um, yeah, so Chris Harris Jr. Um, is a, a fantastic a defensive back and you know, he's, he's uh, all pro and he's been to Pro Bowls and stuff like that. But, but Chris Harris Jr. went undrafted and you think that's that's insane because he actually played in the same team in college as Akib Talib and you think that surely when people went because a lot of people went to see Akib Talib play in college mm-hmm. an awful lot of people uh, in Kansas Surely you'd think that as they're watching this kid play, they've got to see the guy on the other side of the field also play. <laughs> and a lot of people, you know, who, who uh, from from the team there, said that Chris Harris was a better cornerback than Akib Talib in in college. Mm-hmm. And Chris Harris went undrafted, and Akib Talib went in the first round, didn't he? I'm sure he went. He was either first or second round when Akib was drafted. He definitely went earlier. First round, to me, rings a bell. He's actually a free agent at the moment, is our old Chris Harris ah, Jr. Is he? Is he? Um, but he was on the Chargers. Um, now, Talib went, yes, first round, 20th pick. So 20th overall. And Chris Harris Jr. went undrafted. And he's had an incredible career. I mean, I mean, he was Super Bowl champion. He was first team All-Pro in 2016. Second team All-Pro in 2014 and 2015. Four Pro Bowls. He was the All-Rookie team and the NFL 2010's All-Decade team. 
undrafted. It's not, sometimes you think, ah, you know what? These guys don't have a clue. These scouts. But they, it's just, they don't know what they're doing. They really don't. If you look at um, like the lists of like the top, I don't know, 10 undrafted players of all time, you see some of the names on there. And you think, how? How did that person get undrafted? Or, you know, drafted in the sixth or seventh round. And you think, there's, there's no way that that happened. Absolutely no way that happened. Uh, so yeah, that's um, that was that was my random chat. It was about um, obviously Archie Griffin there, and then we started talking about Chris Harris Jr. Because uh, as you mentioned, the college being great in college doesn't always translate to the NFL, and vice versa. Um, because there's been some great NFL players who've uh, who've never really who didn't really do, like stand out in college. Uh, well, obviously they did. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the NFL at all. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's not not on the same level as these guys who were drafted early. Well, to, to tie up, maybe something to look forward to this season then. Thinking of Talib and Chris Harris. Everyone knows Sauce Gardner. Well, Kobe Bryant, who was drafted, not that Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, but rest Kobe Bryant with, with a, a C um, was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks in round four and he was the cornerback playing opposite Sauce Gardner. All those years in Cincinnati, um, when they were obviously outperforming any expectations. So, yeah, again, it could be another one of those ones. Everyone went over to the pro day to see Sauce Gardner. Maybe the Seahawks saw something in Kobe Bryant sitting alongside him, going, "Hold on, Cincinnati have a really good defense. Everyone knows not to throw at Sauce. He's not give up any touchdowns, but the other cornerback can't be shabby because if he was, everyone would just torch him. So, Kobe Bryant maybe one to look out for this year." For the Seahawks, is he going to be the Chris Harris Jr. to Akib Talib? Maybe, maybe, maybe. He is. and if he is, we're going to claim we knew it first. Uh, we we usually maybe. do. <laughs> it's like we didn't even go to watch the college games, and we know this and already. We knew he was going to be a player. We knew it. <laughs> so uh, we're just about done there, Jake. That's that's pretty much the end of our uh, the end of our show. Um, unless I mean, if, if you like. We, I could tell you a wee story. Would that like a wee story? It depends on you. How long have we been going? Do, do we have to fill our performance uh, of time? We, we don't. I'll tell you, I'll make a nice short story. How does that okay, sound? Okay, short story. A very, very short story. Uh, so this is to do with uh, Dion Sanders. Now, you may already know this, but I, I love it. it it's, it's like an urban legend. Uh, Dion Sanders, as we all know, Hall of Famer. Some people say he is the greatest cornerback of all time. And I don't think anybody would argue that he's not top three of all time. He's, that's how good Dion Sanders was. Just unbelievable. Um, well, it turns out that when they, back in the day, they didn't, when they had the combine, it's not like they have it today where there's, you know, a million cameras everywhere and every metric of a person is measured, you know, how round their eyeballs are and stuff. I don't know if that's a thing, but you know what I mean? Every, every single thing is measured and scrutinized. It's not like that. Back in 1989, it wasn't like that. Uh, so, but Dion Sanders, the, sto the story is that uh, they were having their, their combine and uh, he turns up late for the combine wearing his gold chains he's not been drafted yet he's just cased in college just come out of college but he knows he's going first round 
pre-combine because Deion Sanders basically is telling everyone, I'm the greatest player. Whoever signs me, I'll be the greatest player in your franchise history. And he kind of was for the Falcons, so, you know, fair play to him. Um, but he basically, he comes out and uh, they're doing uh, like all the, you know, the, the jumps and the squats and he's like, oh, I'm not doing any of that. So, <laughs> so they comes to the 40-yard the dash and the, the, the rumour is that he takes off his uh, patent leather shoes and he puts on a pair of sneakers, runs at 4-2, and then puts his shoes back on, puts his jewellery on and says, I'm out of here, see you later, and then gets in the taxi and away he goes. And that was Dion Sanders' combine. Now, I don't know how much of this is true, but I love that story. I think it's absolutely amazing that this guy had so much confidence in his ability because he knew how good he was. He absolutely knew, but he had so much confidence. He was like, I don't even need to be here, but I'll just show you what I can do for the hell of it. And he just popped on a pair of trainers and ran a 40-yard dash and then walked out. Light work. <laughs> but as a anonymous podcaster i'm going to come out and say not a very good quarterback uh, cornerback but you know good athlete but uh not a very good cornerback so. <laughs> he'll never make it as a corner yeah a good, a good athlete yeah, he's never a great make- athlete one of the best athletes but cornerback yeah yeah not really yeah. It, it, not it, really it, worth it, them, it, you know not tier one it uh, uh the only thing i can comp- compare that story to is uh, I, I don't know uh, if uh if you're familiar with uh michael jackson's music jake um, are you familiar with the song Beat It by Michael Jackson? I, I worry for anyone who's not familiar yeah, with Beat It. I, I know, I, I just kind of, I have to have to ask that, you know. Uh, I know yeah, I'm younger so, than you, but not that young. <laughs> so, uh, um, Beat It by Michael Jackson. The guitar solo in that is played by Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen plays the guitar solo in Beat It, the one that you hear on the record. And the story goes that Eddie Van Halen was, uh, you know, he was in... Uh, um, the hotel room, kick him back, and he gets a phone call from Quincy Jones. And Quincy says, listen, we've got this track here and we want a guitar solo, but the, the ideas we're coming with aren't really working. Is there any chance you could come and play this guitar solo? So Eddie Van Halen says, yeah, yeah I'll do that. No worries. Quincy Jones is not going to turn it down. So he says, where are you? And he says, you know, I'm in the studio here. So Eddie Van Halen says, right, give me give me 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So he goes down the stairs in the hotel, gets a, get, grabs his guitar, gets a taxi, goes over to the studio, says to the taxi driver, wait here, goes in, listens to the track once, rips out that guitar solo in one take, packs up a guitar, gets back in his taxi and back to his hotel. Now, again, I don't know if this is true, but Quincy Jones said it's true, and I am liable to believe Quincy Jones. Uh, That's just fantastic. Uh, Again, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, I'm just absolutely. sad that he didn't say he jumped out the taxi. Oh, Could maybe missed he an opportunity. did. Ah, missed an opportunity. Totally did. And on that note, on that note, which is probably a very high uh, octave G by Eddie Van Halen, up there, um, we are going to end... Even higher from Michael Jackson. Even <laughs> very possibly. <laughs> uh, we are going to end the show there. Uh, Jake, thank you very much uh, once again. Uh, oh, thank you pleasure. for everyone, not at all. Uh, thank you for everyone for listening to the WinFL show. This has been the last of our deep dives. Uh, next week, do you know what's happening next week? What are we going to do? Who are we going to talk about? Who are we going to talk about? 
Uh, let's have a wee look at the, the NFL calendar, shall we? Let's see if anything good is going to be starting next week. Uh, let's go to NFL schedule. I'm just going to Google it right here. 2022. Um, next week, well, wouldn't you know, on Friday is preseason. It's actually the Hall of Fame game, isn't it? The yeah. 5th of August? Yeah, uh, Raiders Jaguars, is it? Raiders Bills, I believe. Why am I saying Raiders Jaguars? What the hell? I might be that? wrong. Oh, I could be talking absolute garbage here. Um, no, it's Raiders Jaguars. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so why Friday. did the Bills get a I, chance to join us? That's strange. They they got the start their training camp early as well. I mean, I, I know they're playing in the first game, but I, I figured it meant they were in the Hall of Fame game. But oh, we get the Jaguars instead. Yeah. So we actually have a very first preview episode next week i can't even though we're previewing preseason, i don't care but actually we've got games to preview and it's one game and i don't care and it's a hall of fame game and i don't care because we're previewing a game for the first time we've made it through an entire off season what do you think of that jake that's exciting. Like you say, our first preview as a podcast, we can also obviously talk about the Hall of Fame inductees and, and maybe some of the discussions we've been having on Twitter, see on Twitter, some of the snubs or the more notable snubs, um, especially, you know, maybe past and present, but, you know, recent ones that still aren't in the Hall of Fame. Mm, so definitely. lots to discuss. Plenty to discuss. So uh, next week, we are going to be doing that because we have finished our deep dives every single division. Um, if you like what you're hearing on the WinFL show, please uh, give us a wee follow on Twitter. Hit us up if you've got any questions. You can find uh, myself and Jake and Dave on Twitter. Um, and we're there at the WinFL show. Um, and, you know, we, we love all the comments. We've got people commenting as they're listening to the podcast. And we absolutely love that. So thanks very much for all the support. It's been wonderful. Far more than I could have ever have imagined when we started this, Jake. I don't know how you feel about that. I figured we were just going to be, I can't say the phrase I was going to say, but <laughs> talking into the wind um, it would be the phrase. Yes. You know, replace one of the words. But I figured we were just going to be putting this out into the to the ether and, and not get anything back. But honestly, any of the feedback, you know, whether it's positive or, or constructive, you know, as long as it's constructive, I'll just be... Don't be just a douchebag, you know. But if there's constructive <laughs> feedback, I'm all for it. I mean, I love the fact that people are listening and, and people seemingly care. So, like you say, coming up to our first actual game, um, we've made it through the, the off-season. You've put up with us so far. Let's uh, get towards the season. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, thank you very much, Jake. You take care of yourself, Bart. Good to speak to you again. And uh, as I say, thank you to everyone for uh, listening and following us on this journey through this very, very long off-season. Uh, and we will catch you next week on the WinFL Show. <laughs>